The Shift Shapers team is taking some time off over the holidays to enjoy the season with family and friends, and we hope you are too. Please enjoy this encore edition of one of our most popular interviews. What are zombie loyalists? And how do you create, care, and feed them? And why are they critical to your business success? We'll find out on this episode of Shift Shapers. Change either paralyzes or energizes. The choice is yours. You're listening to the Shift Shapers podcast. You're about to learn firsthand from businesses and entrepreneurs who have successfully shaped the shifts in their industries. Get ready to become the change that you want to see. Here's your host and chief transformation strategist, David Saltzman. This episode of the Shift Shapers podcast is brought to you by Captivated Health, a captive insurance arrangement designed specifically for educational institutions. If you have clients in that vertical, you know the healthcare deck has been stacked against them. Today, Captivated Health offers the stability, control, and savings they've been waiting for. For more information, go to www.captivatedhealth.com or click on the company logo on the Shift Shapers website. Today we're going to do something that we do occasionally on the Shift Shapers podcast, and we're going to kind of step out of the parochial realm of employee benefits and insurance and financial planning that we most often talk about. And and we're going to talk about something that's applicable to pretty much any of you who are in business, and that's all of you who are in the Shapers Nation who are, who are listening. We're talking today to Peter Shankman. Peter is the author of a terrific new book. I read it over the weekend and just devoured it and loved it called Zombie Loyalists, Using Great Service to Create Rabid Fans. And I don't know what else I can add to the word zombie and loyalist than to say thank you for taking time to do the podcast. Welcome, Peter. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Now, by way of background, you're kind of a serial entrepreneur and you've done a a bunch of really neat things. Can you share a little bit of your background with the audience? Yeah, I I had most recently before this book, I had a, a startup that I created called Help Reporter Out. Which connect or Harrow, which connected journalists with sources all around the world. That was a um, something I did for fun, uh, which turned into a real business, which turned into a very nice payday when it was sold. So um, I, I'm, I am a serial entrepreneur. I've started a few other companies, a PR firm. I'm an angel investor. I'm a corporate speaker. I travel around the world consulting and speaking on marketing, customer service, advertising, PR. I'm sort of a futurist in that regard. And then in my spare time, I have a lovely 22-month-old daughter. I'm a licensed skydiver and an Ironman triathlete who doesn't sleep much. Hey, if you do both of those things at the same time, I'll bet you don't. And if they ever <laughs> add skydiving to the to the Ironman, you know, you're you're in great shape. Exactly. I think it's about the only thing that's left. So here's the seminal question: Why zombies? <laughs> what a great question! Zombies have one purpose in life, and that is to breed. You never meet a zombie who talks about the Mets or um, what's going on in the elections or anything like that. Zombies breed. Zombie loyalists are people who are so in love with your business because of the service they've received and the quality of service they've received. They go around the world and tell every single one of their friends how great you are. We all have that one friend who will only go to like the Olive Garden or something, right? He just loves the Olive Garden. That's a zombie loyalist. So your goal in running your business is to create zombie loyalists, people who will do your PR and marketing for you. And the, the metaphor of zombies is singularity of purpose. You have to be kind of laser focused on this idea, right? No question about it. You know, all zombies do is breed. That's their goal. So that's exactly what happens. A zombie loyalist is the same way. All they want to do is share how great you are. And sometimes it happens, as it happened to you, 
on an airplane for no reason other than the jacket that you happen to be wearing? Hmm. I was on a plane flying from I think LA to New York or something like that. And I, I'm a big fan and also on the board of a company called the Scott E-Vest. It's a uh, line of technology-enabled clothing, 75 pockets in each jacket. I mean, it's amazing what you could do with this jacket. And I uh, remember taking my laptop and my iPad and my headphones and everything out of my jacket. And the woman next to me was just in shock. She watched it. I can't believe this. You know, I love the jacket. And she went up buying like four jackets for herself, her staff, her family. Later in the flight, she's looking through the SkyMall catalog. And she sees their advertisement. She's going to tell you, you're a much better advertisement for, for the Scotty Vest than this, this ad. And here, that's when I realized, that's when I understood the concept of zombie loyalists. And you would you'd become a zombie loyalist because you love the product and you were willing to tell anybody about it at any time in any place. That's true. And, and, and you know, you want to create, you want to do that with your product, with the service you get, things like that. Now, most businesses today, if you ask them, I know certainly when I start with a marketing client in, in my business, most businesses will tell you that they think they deliver really superior service. Has that been your experience, and what's the truth? Well, according to a survey that came out a couple of years ago, 80% of companies, CEOs, people like that, believe that they give tremendous customer service. Only 8% of the companies believe the same thing. It's, or, I'm sorry, 8% of the customers believe the same thing. It's pretty ridiculous. That, that's, that's insane. And, and, you know, they also think that if they go out and they toot their own horn, if, if they're their own zombie loyalist, that that's enough. But it's really not, is it? It's really not. You know, I tell the story about, you know, if I go to a bar and I go up to the first woman I see and I go, you don't know me, but I'm awesome in bed, you should throw a drink in my face. But if I'm at the bar just having my own drink and her best friend's there and her best friend says, you know, oh my God, that's, that's Peter. You should totally go talk to him. He's amazing. You know, I'm going to wind up uh, more than likely getting that girl's number because she came from a trusted source. I, that information about me came from a trusted source. And that's really the society into which we're moving is a trusted source society. And we'll, we'll loop back to that because there's a whole other concept of relevance that I want to discuss with you towards the, towards the end of our time together. But let's go back to zombie loyalists. So if you understand the notion, as you've helped to explain it to our audience, what's the process like? How do you start? I never thought I would say this to anybody in a podcast. <laughs> how, but I'm going to say it. How do you start creating zombie loyalist embryos? <laughs> well, you know, what's, what's great about creating zombie loyalist embryos is that we expect, in pretty much all customer experiences, we expect to be treated like crap. You know, think about every experience you've had. I asked people about their last flight. I asked, who had a, last, a great last flight? And the people who had a great last flight, they raised their hand. I did. I was like, well, it made it so great. Well, we took off on time. I had the seat I was supposed to have. We landed on time. Like, so basically, the airline did exactly what they were contracted by you to do that you paid them for. And nothing more. But it was awesome. You know? So if that's considered an awesome experience, then the level of service that we expect is pretty down and pretty bad. So if we can just create service that is one level above crap, it doesn't even have to be good. Just one level above crap. Then we have the ability to wow our audience every single time. And the thing about it is, is that it's cheap. It doesn't cost a lot. It's very, very simple. So you're saying is it essentially anybody can be a high jumper if the bar's only two inches off the ground. That's exactly what I'm saying. And, you know, the, the funniest part is that, what's my favorite joke? The uh, two guys are out, out, out running in the woods, and they see a bear. And the um, first one leans down and tightens up his running laces, his sneakers. And the second one says, what are you, crazy? don't be crazy. You can't outrun a bear. And the first guy says, I don't need to. I just need to outrun you. It's a true story. Now, yeah. now, zombie loyalists, when you're thinking about building these zombie loyalists, you have to 
feed them. And part of the way companies need to feed them is by creating a culture in which employees are empowered to give great expectations and give great service. No? Yes? Yeah. I mean, the biggest problem that you know happens with, with a lot of companies is that they don't feel like the employees don't feel like they have the ability to um, make any changes, do anything. You know, and the beauty of that is that all you have to do is give your employees a, a level of trust. Say, you know what? We trust you. We're going to let you make your own decisions. And if you believe you can help someone in a specific case, go for it. And um, what winds up happening is that they sell a lot more money because they sell a lot more product and they make a lot more money because, you know, the customer who calls in with a problem is, is shocked to find out that they can be, that the problem can be solved. We're not used to that. So being able to solve that problem makes the company just that much better in the eyes of the consumer. And again, that's not what we expect. And sometimes, as you point out in the book, it's just simply by creating small instances of personalized wow, but sometimes it's slightly larger experiences. Now, we talked off air. You and I are both fans of a really good steak. You had a great story about why you're a zombie loyalist for Morton Steakhouse. Can you share that with the audience? Well, you know, it's interesting. I have a great love of Morton's, and I go there constantly. And, you know, the story that everyone knows is that I jokingly sent a tweet saying, hey, Morton's, why don't you meet me at the airport when I land in two hours at the porterhouse? Ha, 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 And they did. And it got tons of press and everything. But, that, you know, that's not great customer service. I mean, it's great customer service, but it's not repeatable. It's not scalable. What I love about Morton's in terms of scalable is that, you know, I go to Morton's. When I show up, they, I make a reservation. They say, who are you? Um, you know, are you, are you coming with? So I'm like, yeah, it's me and my wife. Oh, what's her name? Her name's Kira. Great, we'll see you. Is it, are you celebrating anything? I go, yeah, it's her birthday. Great, we'll see you on Friday. I show up, and... On the menu, it says, happy birthday, Kira, or whatever it is. And they do this for everyone. What happens when Kira goes in and looks at this thing? Oh, my God, this is the coolest thing. This is awesome. I love this. And then spends, like, the next 20 minutes Instagramming it to all her friends, right? So for me, that tells me that it's these little tiny things they can do, little tiny things. And the world is better for it. And it makes people loyalists in that regard. And it costs virtually nothing. It's unbelievably easy. People are more doing it. Companies are starting to do it more. They're starting to understand it better. But it's still kind of scary how many companies put customer service as an afterthought. And it's a shame. It really is a shame. Is part of the reason for that, Peter, that within most organizations, there is a lot of resistance to customer change, to cultural change, rather? I think it's that there's a resistance to change. And there's also the biting off your nose to spite your face theory. And that, oh, we're not going to do anything, you know, we have to sell. Our job is to sell. Our job is to sell. Well, you know, your job is a lot more than that. And why folk work so hard on selling if you can get other people to do it for you? And now, a word from our sponsor. Captivated Health is a single source solution for your clients and prospects who are in the education vertical. The founders of Captivated Health have nearly 20 years experience working with educational institutions. And over that time, They've developed a keen understanding of the unique problems these clients experience. Frustrated by a lack of control, the unpredictability of ever-increasing health care costs, and the pressures and regulations of the Affordable Care Act, these groups have been adrift in the fully insured commercial marketplace until now. Captivated Health has built a program that solves those problems, and it does so with virtually no disruption to faculty and staff while saving clients millions of dollars. We wanted you to be among the first to know that Captivated Health is building a national distribution partner network so you can bring this cutting-edge solution 
to the educational clients you advise. To learn more about the Captivated Health Solution, go to their website at www.captivatedhealth.com or click on their logo on the Shift Shapers website. And now, back to our interview. Now, there's a difference between, and I want to draw this distinction because a lot of businesses and a lot of our listeners' practices have people who are what you call FOBs, friends of the business. Mm-hmm. That's different than a zombie loyalist, isn't it? Correct. A friend of the business is someone that you treat really well, but when you treat everyone else like crap. You know, you have to create zombie loyalists by treating everyone just a little bit better. You'll still have your, your regular friends, but, you know, if you're treating your friends of the business wonderfully and yet no one else gets the same experience or even remotely close to a good experience, then it's actually a mistake. It's actually a bad idea. You want to create zombie loyalists that feel like they've been treated just a little bit better than everyone else, then you can still have your VIPs or friends of the business, as it were, but everyone needs to feel like they're doing a little better. So we, we've talked a little bit about how you create the embryos and, and kind of how low the bar is and what the concept is. One of the things you, you point out is that once you create these zombie loyalists, you have to take care of the care and feeding of them as well. How do you do that? One of the things that's important is to realize that as you create a zombie loyalist, the more you give to them, the, the better stuff that you do, the more they're going to be on your side. And so you want to keep finding new and exciting ways to give them new and exciting things. And like I said, it's very, very easy. It's not hard. But you have to keep your game up. And you always have to come up with new idea Because at the end of the day, you know, if you are treating someone well, I guess it's very easy to get into a rut. And when it gets into a rut, then you have a problem. Then you can start to lose your, your mojo, as it were. And all of a sudden, the guy will be, you know, I'm not having so much fun. I'm not having that great of a time. I'm not loving this place anymore. Maybe I'll try somewhere else. What are some examples of companies that our listeners might know who are just great at creating zombie loyalists? I mean, without question, Rich Carlton, you know, Four Seasons, things like that. But, you know, Come and Go is a small little chain in the Midwest. It's a, um, a small little chain that does um, coffee, gas station type, you know, gas and sip type place. And um, the second that you tweet something to them or post something to them, they, they share it, they respond, they real time, they, you know, hey, we're hanging out at the come and go, whatever, come in and have a free cup of coffee, all this incredible stuff. And they do it very simply, you know, and it's sort of a, a, a trait of what they do. It's how they do it. And so if they can do it and a freaking gas station can do it, what the hell is your excuse? <laughs> so that's a good question. So other companies like Apple, they go beyond zombie loyalists. I think they have cults of zombie loyalists, but they're not the cheapest priced product on the street. They're delivering something very different. So building a zombie loyalist doesn't have really much to do with price at all, does it? No, it really doesn't. You know, especially because we're moving into a world where, like, if you look at, you know, I go to Morton Steakhouse and, and not another st- comparable steakhouse, not because of the $4 difference in price. I go because of the way I'm treated. And a lot of people do that. And that's important. You know, there's a, a mentality where if you don't have that much money, it's not necessarily worth that much money to spend. You know, you're not going to – you might spend $10 here, $10 there, or $11 there because there's better um, service to be had at that place. I know, I know people who will drive five miles, 10 miles out of the way because they want to go to a specific store because they've been treated better there. Once you create these zombie loyalists and you feed them and you take care of them and whatnot, there's always a danger, isn't there, that you can lose them. I mean, once a zombie, not always a zombie, right? You can very much lose someone. Again, if it's, if it's you're not, you know, if you're not focusing on it, if you're not working on it, you need to be aware of what you're doing and how to make it so that the zombie is happy. And again, that you're upping your game all the time. I can't stress enough. Up your game, up your game, up your game. You know, you give them a smile the first time, have a smile and a handshake the second time. Little things, but it needs to happen. 
So it, it doesn't need to be big things, even just the small stuff. Is that because the bar is so low currently? It is. It really is. The bar is so incredibly low. I just find that so funny. You know, it's like, why would you waste such a perfectly good chance to make the world better and to make your business better and to make more money just by doing simple things? Why, why do you not bother? I'm never going to understand it. Can you maybe give us a, a couple of examples of some small things that pretty much any business can do to, to start moving in that direction? Number one, just smile more. Start by smiling more. I don't need to tell you anything else. Start by smiling more. You know, and then from there, you know, if a person shows up at your, your restaurant or your business, whatever, they look a little pissed off, a little angry, figure out why. Hey, how can we help you? Can we give you a whatever to get you out of this? I know restaurants that teach their employees how to understand what the, what the body language of a patron means. And they will change, they'll say, hey, you can get a free drink, whatever, based on body language. Having a bad day? Let's hook you up. Interesting. Peter, we've got just a couple of minutes left, and, and I'd like to talk about something that, that you talk about towards the end of the book. We spend a lot of time talking about social proof and how that's important in people's buying decisions and in people's decisions about which companies to do business with. You feel that we're starting to move away from the era of anonymous reviews to something that you call relevance. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because I found it fascinating. Essentially, what we're looking at is the concept that as we move forward into this network, the network knows everything we do. It understands everything that we do. It understands where we are, where we're going, what we're doing. And the best example I can give you, let's say I'm, I, I go to California, I'm looking for a good pizza place. If I land in San Francisco and I'm like, find me a good pizza place near my hotel, Google Maps is going to show me a bunch of uh, pizza places near my hotel. But it's also going to show me any pizza places that my friends have gone to. And if that's the case, then where am I going to go? I'm going to go with the people that I trust. And that's hugely, hugely important. Because as we move into that mentality where we're getting our information that way, I guess you want to be able to understand that the best customer service is going to be the thing that drives the most people. And so if I have a great experience and the network understands sentiment and it understands that I am liking this, this martini I just had because I typed in happiness is a great martini into Twitter and it understands that and knows where I am, then when you go to look for a restaurant, it's going to say, you know what, your friend Peter just went to wherever, why don't you go? Why don't you check that place out too? So more, more directly involved with your particular network rather than just a whole bunch of anonymous strangers. Yeah, I believe that Yelp and TripAdvisor will go away. Interesting. Interesting. Well, it certainly will be fun to watch. Peter, author of a great new book, Peter Shankman, Zombie Loyalist, using great service to create rabid fans. Peter, thanks for spending some time with the Shift Shapers audience. Pleasure was mine. Thanks for having me. The Shift Shapers podcast is a production of Strategic Vision Publishing and David Saltzman. This podcast may not be reproduced in any form, in whole or in part, without the express written permission of the producers. All rights reserved. 